at lunch I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional font. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast where, to get out of geometry class, Curtis and I would both accuse the teacher of culturally appropriating Greek math. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. That's true. That's true. All, all the uh, all those symbols, they didn't. They, they 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 had no business using theta. Or or how 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 dare you pretend to know about Pythagoras? Yeah, you know, are you related to him? Are you yeah. part of his people? I didn't have one single Greek math teacher in high school. So where was all this coming from? <laughs> I don't know. Probably as as much as uh, the, the whole science of meteorology, right, Curtis? Because you and I were were chatting about meteorology and the the weather folks and how it's probably the one science. I can't think of another one. The science that allows for precise measurements, such as the temperature, Celsius, Fahrenheit, barometric pressure, wind speed, but then they allow for feels like to to be part of their whole nomenclature, right? Yeah. And for a lot of people, that is the most important output. Well, that's how you dress, right? Yeah. (laughs) What, What does it feel like? And obviously, like that's a subjective measure, right? Like, like, like six degrees. Like, like, if 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 you're saying what feels like six degrees, people are going to have different answers. Like, regardless of whether or not the temperature is actually accurately measured as six degrees, you know, six degrees to me is like maybe a t-shirt. Six degrees to my wife is maybe still wearing like a toque, you know. Yeah. But, like- um, but 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 you know i think we were talking and and it does i mean obviously there's enough there are enough of the precise measurements to go into this that what they what they put out as feels like tends to be generally accepted well that's the thing like how do you dress for two degrees celsius but if someone tells you that it's bloody cold and that's where it got me thinking which is i think that originally feels like was a replacement for profanity in trying to determine the weather, right? So instead of saying it's effing cold out, they decided to use, oh, it feels like this, so they can avoid not getting in trouble for it. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that is definitely what I what I look at because you know because like there are times when it's twenty when it's you know twenty degrees, like that's what the thermometer reads, but because of I don't know barometric pressure, or whatever. It feels like it's sixteen or or whatever, yeah. and 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 it probably sounds a lot better than saying if it's really cold, saying that oh my god, it's colder than a witch's bits, yeah, <laughs> out there, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you see, but but this also shows how um, how we how we as in as in Canadians or maybe people in Ontario take the weather so seriously, right? Oh yeah, it's huge. Uh, Otherwise, we wouldn't have bothered starting the show or spend the last three and a half minutes talking about the weather. Weather is massive. It's a ma- I mean, like, I think for for everybody, you know, it's a it's 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 a topic of conversation. But for us, it's mass- massive because it fluctuates so much. You know, like I don't think that they really have to talk about it as much in like San Diego or whatever, right? It's kind of there's an accepted norm. Mm-hmm. that of, of of what it's going to be 
and you get the odd freak occurrence and then and then everybody's talking about the weather nonstop. But for us, like, you know, it can go for or, or, or for, you know, you and I uh, both lived in Ottawa for a while. I remember like there there was one one winter where it, we had like a massive snowfall, probably like about a foot of snow. And then the next day was was 20 degrees. So in 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 the backyard of the of, of the house that I was renting with some other students, we had a bunch of people over. We had a barbecue. Everybody was sitting outside in shorts, but in the snow. And you would put your beer in the snow and it would stay nice and cold. It was like the best day I ever had. No, you're 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 to- you're totally right. I think because we also have like four seasons, so we get a little bit of everything, right? It's not like uh, Florida, where they were actually talking about how good Florida's numbers have been lately. But uh, people forget that Florida gets really, really hot. So during what we would experience as winter here in Toronto, like down in Florida, it would be quite pleasant out. So you are outside more, which we know that people aren't spreading. But I have a funny feeling as people retreat indoors in Florida, probably in the next coming weeks as it's getting really, really hot down there and they're kind of retreating to the sweet rapture of air conditioning. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Florida, especially now that they're quote unquote open back up, that their numbers are going to start skyrocketing. That's mm, possible. What it does or sort of feels like right now is uh, playoff hockey season, right? So yep. um, NHL North, I guess we'll just talk about the North. Yeah, NHL the, North. Yeah, the North Division. So the North Division is uh, the All Canadian Division. It's a one-time only. Well, you know, def- we'll see. But like, it's uh, it was it was made as a one-time only uh, sort of device to prevent teams from having to travel over the border during the season because of you know COVID restrictions at the border and quarantines and all that. So. Uh, so it was kind of interesting. Like Canadian teams played each other all year, didn't play anybody else, and they finally, uh, as of uh, as of last night, uh, the four playoff teams that are going to come out of the North got locked in. And interestingly, uh, the Leafs finished first, and then in the fourth and final playoff spot is the Montreal Canadiens. So it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. In the fir- in the first round of the playoffs, and they're going to meet in the first time in the playoffs since 1979. <laughs> These teams that are supposed to be huge rivals haven't met in the playoffs since 1979, and they've been in the same division for I don't know, like two decades. Like they've been <laughs> in the same, same division for ages, and it's just so happened that one team. Uh, you know, was in would would be in ascendancy while the other one was kind of taking a dive. So they never kind of like it's really weird. And as a result, like I know I know like some some journalists, uh, you know, were asking the, the the Leaf players and coaches about it today, and they really didn't have much of an opinion on playing Montreal in the first round. Meanwhile, like everybody on social media is buzzing about it, stuff like that, and it's because like they you know a no leaf player had was even close to being alive last time <laughs> the, they met and the leafs coach wasn't even alive last time they met in the playoffs and and and, and there's a huge rivalry right like let's face it well 
the thing is, I, I mean, like for me, I remember that when I was a kid, there was a bit of a rivalry, but like, I remember, I, I, I find Ottawa was more, became more of one because there was that stage where Toronto and Ottawa played four times in the playoffs over a fairly short time span. And they were like, really you know, there there was a lot of animosity in those mm. series, and a lot of animosity between fans in the cities because, you know, which which didn't exist before, and that kind of to me supplanted Montreal. And for Montreal, they've always had felt, I think that the Boston Bruins are a bigger rival, and I think since the last uh, the last time that the Leafs played the the Habs in 1979. I think since then the the Habs have played the Bruins something like 13 times or something <laughs> like that in the playoffs. Like like these like just the rivalries to me have been supplanted, uh, maybe for the players and for the organizations. But I think for people who can remember back, you know, to I don't want to say the original six days, but at least remember back to the 70s when you know they were Montreal and Toronto were still crossing paths in the in the paths in the playoffs. I think that the the rivalry still does exist and that's kind of a big deal uh, for them to uh, meet in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe this will rekindle a, a larger sort of rivalry. Yeah. But uh, so you were mentioning that uh, obviously the North and there's a new a revised format for the playoffs. So you said that right now it's the top four teams and they're just going to play basically two tournaments to determine the, king of the north right yeah so they'll determine the king of the north and the king of the north will probably what will probably end up happening although they haven't decided yet is the king of the north will then have to go south and play the rest of their playoff games out of a temporary home okay maybe the leafs go to buffalo or something like that lord lord knows the sabers aren't going to be using that arena for a while (laughs) so so Okay, so it'll be it'll be regular format, right? Best best of seven, best. Yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure it will be. Um, and and on paper, the the it's the Leafs to lose at this point, right? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean they they were they were the best team in that div- in that division throughout the uh, throughout the year, but I don't know, like. The thing is, the thing is, like, I, I'm not sold on their goaltending. And, mm. you know, that all you have to do is ride a hot goaltender and you can make it all the way to the final. And if Carey Price, who's been hurt, if he comes back and starts playing for, for Montreal in the playoffs and he's, you know, finds his old playoff form, I wouldn't be surprised to see an upset. And then, you know, there would be that would just, you know, lead to to you know, Leaf fans who are already fragile at the best of times, <laughs> you know, would just get, it would just get worse for them. So. so who are the other two teams right now? So then the other, the other uh, series would be the second place Oilers versus the third place Jets. And there's a, there's kind of a, a bit of a history between those teams, although most of it took, took, uh, you know, the Jets went away for a while. I think you'll remember, like, like uh, the Jets. I think in uh, was it nineteen ninety five or nine or ninety seven or something. They moved to uh, to Phoenix, the hockey hotbed of Phoenix, and then they didn't have uh, hockey NHL hockey in, in Winnipeg for 
years and years and years until the Atlanta Thrashers then moved to Winnipeg, I want to say in 2011 or 2012 or something. Um, so since the, the, the Jets, there's been a Jets franchise, like Jets 2.0, they have not met the Oilers in the playoffs. This will be the first time. But back in the day, in the 80s, they met the Oilers between, I want to say, like 83 and 90. They met the Oilers six times in the playoffs. And with the exception of the 1990 series, they were always facing Wayne Gretzky. So they would get their asses. <laughs> now they're facing Connor McDavid, who's like, you know, he's 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 not Wayne Gretzky, but he's like, you know, the uh, sort of like... Uh, um, the, the presumptive best player in the world right now. So like, they just can't catch a break. They're always, <laughs> they're always going up against these Oiler teams with like a <laughs> super, superstar at the helm. And, you know, and, well, and the, and the Jets haven't been playing great. So I could see that. I could see Edmonton winning that series really fast. And then I don't know, Toronto, like, yeah, you'd think that they'd make it through, but they could also like lose, lose in seven games in the first round and just cause, yeah. cause more well, anxiety. We'll just, well, We'll have to we'll have to wait and see, but it, it, it you know it's unprecedented times for 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 hockey, and at least they're making it work. Yeah, right. So, yeah, they're making uh, it work, and and as the players you know get vaccinated and stuff like that, I think like a lot of the players in the on the U.S. based teams are are partially or fully vaccinated. Um, so it's just going to get a little bit easy a little bit easier as time goes on to pull this kind of stuff off and you know the days of the Vancouver Canucks having 20 players unavailable oh due to covid that <laughs> to uh, be, to be so speaking about being vaccinated i, I lately in, in the news and it's it's i think it's broke the last couple of days so how does how does it feel curtis to to officially know that both you and i got the uh, quote unquote the unwanted vaccine yeah, vaccine the redheaded stepchild of vaccines yeah, yeah you know what like i i i knew that this that i i just had a feeling this kind of thing was going to happen so i wasn't surprised and uh um i i don't know i still feel if it's good enough if it's good enough for england it's good enough for me yeah and i think Part of it is even though they they kept again keep zeroing in on the blood clot thing, I think there's also a supply issue, right? That that, that was the also put into the decision about you know not jabbing too many more people because I think they're worried about not having the second shot. But I wouldn't be surprised if you and I got another type next time. Yeah, right. I mean, isn't that the isn't that the, what they're kind of expecting? And I, I I got the sense from my my doctor as well. I got a note, I got an email from from the practice saying, you know, basically trying to calm everybody down because I'm sure they were getting a whole bunch of emails and phone calls the last couple of days as people were freaking out. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's it looks that's the way it looks. Is that you know our second our, when you and I get our second shot, it will be it will be uh one of the uh messenger rna well vaccines but uh yeah i don't know i don't care as, as long as it as long as it works well that's the thing yeah, yeah. unlike meteorology with it feels like the vaccines no matter which one does the same has the same purpose right like it it's the whole, you're trying to allow your body to recognize the the spike protein that it uses to attach to your cells mm-hmm 
yeah. however, you know, however it's done versus, you know, now that's where it gets into heavy science, which I don't understand, but the, all the vaccines do the same thing, right? You know, whatever. I it, we're probably going to get a third one anyway. So just yeah, that's right. It, 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 this this this, the, this first one probably just made us feel better. That's all. The only thing, the only thing that 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 I'm kind of miffed about is like, not not that I had a terrible terrible time with the first AZ dose, but mm. the second dose of AstraZeneca is meant to be easier, and the second dose of of like the. Uh, um like moderna and pfizer are meant to be rougher so i was like i was like oh man i'm on easy street because my second dose of astrazeneca is going to be no problem and all this well, kind of stuff, and i'm going to get jabbed with something else that's why try to schedule it on a friday late friday and you're not working on the weekend and then get like drunk the night before so that you can blame it on the hangover and you can't you can't tell the difference is it the hangover or is it the <laughs> shot I can, I can i can do that I can certainly do that. <laughs> I, I I think it's a viable strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't we head on to the headlines? Um the the, the first bit of news news is today is the second year anniversary of Kawhi's shot against the 76ers, right? That's right. That's right. I was there. I was I was that's this is how long ago it was. I was hugging strangers <laughs> in Scotiabank Arena when that shot went in. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It's the crazy. It's uh, honestly with no hyperbole. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen happen live. Yeah. It well, I remember you were you were telling the is you were telling the story about it and the fact that you were actually took you a, a second or two to mm-hmm. really let it sink in because you were expecting a whistle, right? Yeah, I, I I reacted. I reacted about two seconds later than everybody else around me. So like strangers were already be, had already been being hugged for two seconds before I got in on the the stranger hugging because yeah, I was like, there's no way in in the history of Toronto sports, there's no way that something like something this audacious is going to be allowed to stand. And then it did. I I wonder if there's a Kawhi NFT of the shot. There must be. There must be. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure someone must must have it out there. But yeah. uh, no, it, it it was quite exciting. I, I remember seeing it on uh, on TV, and, and I was just like, "What? This never happens to, to, to a Toronto team." No. no, and then and then I thought, well, that's that's it. That's our championship right there. Because there's no way that they're gonna that they're going to be able to carry this ridiculous momentum past Milwaukee. And then they did. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so let's let's move on to our uh, first headline. This one's kind of an older story, but I wanted to bring it up just because we, we had our break and then we had our Star Wars episode. So this one's been sitting on the back burner. Um, and this one is entitled Paradise Lost. Italian hermit forced to leave island he guarded for 32 years. So this is a story of a guy, uh, Robinson Caruso type Italian who's been squatting on this island just off the coast of uh of italy Uh, he's 81 he's been there for the last 32 years so um i i I hear he can't wait to um get together uh with friends and family and and see and hug them but you know no one (laughs) tell him what's going on (laughs) he was uh he was the 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 official guardian of the island Apparently, until it got until the island got new owners, and then he sort of um, unsolicited uh, continued on with his guardianship until they finally like kicked him out. 
I like how he added to in his Facebook post. So how did the hermit on the desert, on the secluded island, get a Facebook? Uh, actually, I heard a funny thing. Uh, what what they're calling Facebook these days is Boomer Book. It's Boomer Book. Well, just because of the the, the demographic that's using Facebook is is mostly boomers, so they're calling it Boomer Book. Or at least the kids. Maybe the kids are calling it Boomer Book. I guess so. I never really thought about it, but like, yeah, my, my mom still uses it. And I don't know when the last time I used it was. Well, okay. So he, he added in his Facebook post, he's 81. So he's, he's Facebook age that he is really pissed off, quote unquote, about the circumstances of his departure, which appears to have been triggered by official plans to overhaul his hut. Well, he (laughs) overhaul his hut and turn the Island into a nature observatory. (laughs) I like how you you also observe that he has books and and other things. So he someone he must have yeah. been someone must have been bringing him stuff. Like yeah, he's like reading. What 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 did you say he was reading? I couldn't tell by the screenshot. It's like Dante, <laughs> like Dante's Inferno, or is he? I don't know if it's if it's Dante's Inferno. It might be some sort of like. Uh, it looks like it's somebody and Dante. So I wonder if it's sort of like a. Uh like like maybe a critique of dante or i don't know it looks it looks it looks it looks uh it looks pretty 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 academic though so so i i made that little joke off the top but here's a guy who's been secluded by himself uh being booted off this island he i don't know if he's been keeping up on his current events on on especially in italy right like the 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 lockdown there and and he'd just be basically secluding himself somewhere else i get the, i guess right he says he's going to uh Sar- Sar- uh sardinia oh well hey yeah. that's the that's that's pretty pretty good pretty good spot to move on to i would say yeah yeah i think he's gonna be all right he'll be all right um moving on to another secluded uh spot is uh young and dundas square so this is an article that's a uh, headline is Young and Dundas Square just got some dystopian new billboards about unlawful gatherings. And I must admit it, the, the photo that's that accompanies the article is pretty creepy. There's not a single person in sight. It's a shot of Dundas Square looking east. So you're seeing a bit of Ryerson, the NHR, is it the NRH building? And the jewelry building. Mm-hmm. And then there's two billboards that basically say unlawful gatherings are not permitted. Yes. It's a COVID-19 safety reminder. That's in the small font, the small type. And then, and then unlawful gatherings are not permitted. Yeah, it does. It, it, it really, it really kind of feels like something uh, sort of out of a, out of a dystopian you know sort of sort of uh sort of movie like one of those movies where everybody disappears yeah uh everyone's gone to the rapture except for you yeah <laughs> um i we were I, I wrote in our in our run sheet which was uh it reminded me of half-life 2 like the messaging yeah and, and how empty the streets were and, and just uh the the this is the beginning of of um gordon freeman's adventure in that game I, it just reminded me of that but uh, yeah, you you'd think they could have. You think they could have made like a little, cute COVID mascot for the city of Toronto for all their messaging. No, it's uh no, it's um, 
it looks it looks it looks like uh so sort of like it looks a little bit like um you know like you know like when there's an election and then and, and the pcs have signs like on people's lawns with the it's that same branding like the same color mm. scheme all that kind of stuff it's very yeah it's 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 very cold and dispassionate but i was saying to you larry that because i haven't seen this part of toronto in i don't know, like like 16 or 18 months or whatever it is uh um i i i was i was heartened to see that everything is still standing um <laughs> But you were telling me that that's not the case. Not, that, that's that's that that's not the case. If this photo, if you had that kind of like that, uh, I'm sure one day we'll all have VR uh, 360 view of all images on, on in the news. If you were to look north, that looks really really different at this point in time. So we're we're recording on May 12th. So I had been down in that area maybe about two weeks ago. Um, I won't get into that story, but I was down there. I, I was walking from Young and Bloor down to Young to Queen. And everything on Young Street, on the east side of Young Street, from a few doors north of the Zanzibar, all the way to Gerard, is basically gone. So whatever you remembered that was there is gone. <laughs> so... Yeah, the big slice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There was like, at the time, there was quite a bit of shawarma places. There's yeah. uh, another place that's kind of been in, on Young Street the longest time is Remington's House of Steel. Or is it Remington's, I forgot, Steel Men? Or it had some kind of weird name, right? It was the it was the male uh, strip joint, right? Yes, that's right. Um, I think the Evergreen. That. Yeah. I think it moved to Chinatown, but I think the evergreen, that was like another thing that was just kind of, it stuck out that it was just there. Um, obviously, Young Street's changed over the last 30 years. Just, you know, I, I was, I jokingly told you, oh, all the head shops are gone, but they've probably been gone for the last 20 years. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there used to be, there used to be like, like three arcades right near the Eaton Center. Yep. Uh, Funland. Yeah, Funland. Right? I can't remember uh, the other ones. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, there was just uh, stores upon stores, and you were mentioning that you remembered the licks there. Yeah, it was, it was many, a, many at one point in time. It was a licks. Um, so it was a licks that included in the lower level a full service rib restaurant, still under the licks banner, but a full service rib restaurant. I've never seen licks serve ribs before or since. Um. Is Lick still around, by the way, or are they all gone? That is a very good question. I I would have the say that there probably might be one or two independent ones still around, but I think, um, I think for the most part they're gone. Such a shame. Those are some good burgers, I thought. And I and, the, and, and, and you the got... singing that. Did the singing, like. Like, like the kids who worked there were like indentured servants <laughs> singing like singing like they're working in like the in like the galley of a viking slave ship like it was just very very in, in fact after a while i knew where which ones that they had to sing to so you know i would intentionally go in and order that one thing to force them to all sing oh they're so cruel <laughs> Um, yeah, so that 
like that whole strip of Young Street. Um, so basically from college to Dundas, uh, it's transformed. I wouldn't even say, oh, over the last five years, it's been constantly transforming. If, if I were to kind of think about it, like going down there as a kid in the 80s to today, like there hasn't really been a constant other than the Zanzibar, I think. Yeah, Zanzibar and the Eaton Center are the only two things that I can safely say have always been been there. Ever been since there, I yeah. So, younger. like, you know, uh, because nothing's been there like long. You know what I mean? Like for a long time to to establish serious roots. Like even for the most part, that HMV, that HMV flagship store. Like, did it even have a ten year run? uh maybe it did because because that was one of the places like in uh i think 1991 to 1990 say five or six was the absolute pinnacle of buying cds in in toronto because you could get them for you get new releases for 1088 if if sam's didn't have a 1088 ana would or hmv would or sunrise would and so like that hmv had been already kind of established by that time so I think it had been, I think, I think it was there for a while. And then it became like half of it became a five guys. And then I, I don't know, is the other half still there? Or... Uh, it's, um, it's now a cannabis store. Ah, okay. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Right now in Toronto, you can't, <laughs> you can't swing a dead cat without hitting a cannabis store these days. <laughs> It's like, uh, it's like Quiznos. But, but, you remember when, when like there were there was like one Quiznos in Toronto, and then there was like a hundred and ten, and now there's one again. And that's, I, I wonder if cannabis uh, stores are going to follow the same sort of part. I, I I I'm not I'm not crying a tear for Quiznos. Not a big fan. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that right now. Never never a big fan. <laughs> Don't understand the whole toasting thing. I I just never understood that. Actually, one thing, more, one more thing before we got off the Young and Dundas thing, we could probably do an entire episode of this trying to for us to try to remember what was there. Um, the Rockwell Jean Store, right? The world's biggest jean store. Yeah, that used to be on the corner. Right now, it's it's where Young and Dundas Square is right now. So that's, that's open right. area. It, it used to be this. Even as a kid, I always thought it, that store looked really junky. I don't think I've ever actually been in. No, that was a that was a, a an out 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 uh, outdoors only sort of experience for me as well. <laughs> I can't remember ever going in there, but but yeah. I but I I sure as sure as hell knew it existed. Like it was yeah it was very prominent. Yeah, no, no, definitely. All right, let's go on to our final headline. I think it's our final headline, uh, and this uh, gets classified under. Uh, marketing people never learn, never ask the internet for their opinion. Tim Hortons asked customers to describe their new cold brew drink. It didn't go well. Pre- Tasted like piss water. Reads, I say. Sorry, I would I would say there's probably some predictable snark in some of those comments. Well, the the first the first byline reads, "Taste tasted like piss water." Reads the tweet of someone who claimed to have tried the drink. So this is a new cold brew drink. I didn't realize, I didn't know if they had one before because I'm not a big Tim Hortons drinker, but um, they they came up with this new drink that says their campaign slogan is fun to try, fun to describe. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that really sells it for me. 
Uh, I don't know, but uh, so uh, the new beverage, according to the caption for the video, is hard to describe, so puzzling that even the video's own featured guest could not nail it down. Um, and the person in the video basically says, oh, it's like when acrylic meets watercolor. It's pretty gross. <laughs> I, again, why would you describe something that you do not consume? Yeah. As a description for a food, because I, I, what? what? <laughs> it's a lot like tungsten meets boron. <laughs> but like Tim Hortons has, has had some success with it. Like their, I think their ice caps were pretty popular. They were pretty popular at one point in time. I don't know if they still are because I haven't had one in probably, you know, six or seven years. But I know that they've had some success with the, that sort of like cold, cold coffee based drink mm -hmm. before. But uh, I don't know. I have, I have no interest in trying this no but uh the people that did describe it like piss water uh i don't think i've ever been more disappointed by something that, than the tim horton's vanilla cream cold brew tasted like piss water now larry there would there would have been a time in in, in both of our lives probably not even that long ago where we would have tried it for the, for the simple for the simple reason that we would want to, we would want to describe it to other people. We would want to tell people that we had it because like, I think we both used to be pretty up for food challenges. Um, I'm remembering like trips to dangerous dance and stuff like that. Oh yeah. yeah and, sure. and do you know what I did it for me? I, I can't remember if you've had one or not, but I just couldn't do the double down. The KFC double down. Once that came out, I said, food challenges are over for me. I do not do not want to have. After food challenges, we're, we're, we're now doing vaccine challenges now. <laughs> because we, with our age, you know, oh, enough of food challenges. We can't handle that. Yeah, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me take this vaccine. Vaccine challenges are more exciting. <laughs> uh, here, here's another quote. I, I got it, was disappointed, tasted like a normal iced coffee minus the ice. No special taste. And it doesn't have that cool look to it. It's given to already mixed. So I guess they have this photo of it that kind of, you see the cream kind of swimming in the coffee. Interesting that he thinks that's a cool look because that, that that's one of the main turnoffs for me was that, was that picture. Because <laughs> it looks like someone, um, you ever have this even when, when, uh, when you when you were younger, or maybe by accident, where uh, you you instead of washing your glass, you grab a can of Coke or something dark, and whoever you, you, whatever you drank in the the glass before was maybe milk, and you pour the two in together, yeah, and it just forms that. That's what it looks like, right? Yeah, it looks exactly like that. I was trying to think of what I was trying to picture it. Like I was trying to think of of how to describe what that picture looks like and you just did it brilliantly that's exactly what it looks like i don't think it tastes as good as uh coke and milk together <laughs> so here's here's a here's a non-eating description i i going going back to our, our our science um right co2 adding it to water oh refreshing sparkling drink remove one of those uh oxygen molecules 
poisonous gas. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that's what Tim Hortons has here, perhaps as, as a description for it. You, you know, I don't know what it's probably as 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 just as confusing as the acrylic meets watercolor. I think that one guy's um, critique of it, it, the one the one where it actually sounds like it would be palatable, but mm-hmm. disappointing is probably probably the worst one uh, for Tim Hort from Tim Horton's point of view because you know if it's if if a lot of people were saying it's like so disgusting and stuff, people would be definitely still wanting to try it for at least a little while like oh i can't believe it's that disgusting let me have let you know i have a i have a cast iron stomach let me try some of that you know but if it's just like it's just really bland it's just sort of like tastes like tastes like coffee with it like cold coffee without the ice and i don't, I don't see you, you're not going to have that daredevil aspect to it and people no. are just going to think it's just a boring drink so so where does where does Tim Hortons go from here, Curtis? So they've come up with this new iced coffee. Uh, what else did they have introduced lately? A uh, the the breakfast sandwich that actually used a cracked egg as as their selling feature. A, cra- uh, a cracked egg. Well, that that was their thing, right? Oh, now using real eggs. I I I I, 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 I was actually quite shocked. Really? Well. I, be, it, it's uh, it's the old Mc, uh, McDonald's thing, right? They're they're trying to go head to head with McDonald's. Mm. So when they when McDonald when Tim Hortons came out with their breakfast sandwich, people knew it was like this egg looked like it was fried two days ago, warmed up, whatever. So oh, they reval they rebuilt their uh, reintroduced their breakfast sandwich, and but they've been kind of banking on the fact or, or emphasizing the fact that it's using like a fresh whole egg. That's sad. And I remember, I remember McDonald's. Like whoever's running the social media for McDonald's was basically trolling Tim Hortons, saying, <laughs> you know, something to the effect of, "Yeah, thanks for joining us here in real egg world." Speaking of McDonald's, I just want to really, really, really quickly. I just thought this was weird the other day. Again, I haven't been out of the house very much, so I went to to my dentist last week, and that required me to go to Broadview and Danforth. So when I when I surfaced at Broadview and Danforth, there was a McDonald's right at Broadview and Danforth. They'd been there for a long time, and I guess it closed down. And in its place, opening soon, is a Burger King. And I've never seen that happen before. I've never seen McDonald's lose lose real estate to a Burger King. Usually it's Burger Kings just getting pushed around all over the place. Yeah. That, you're right. Like uh, I, I call Burger King Burger Thing. Burger thing, yeah. For the burger thing. Um, sorry, just getting back to the point, where does uh, Tim Hortons go from here? I, I'm thinking, why not they, they keep going toe-to-toe with the rest of the fast food companies? I And we were talking about this last week. I think Tim Hortons needs to come out with a their version of the McFlurry Blizzard coffee-flavored ice cream thing. Um. Now, I think we should help our friends over at T-Hose and uh, maybe give it a name. They call this the Tim Hortons cold brew. So they, they always have to have the coffee uh, word into it. So maybe the frozen bean for, for that type of drink next. I don't know. <laughs> Do you think they'd come up with a straw that's the shape of a spoon as well? <laughs> Confuse people. Oh, oh like, like do the opposite of the... Of, of of the McFlurry where it looks like a spoon but it's actually a straw. 
Yeah, and then people have difficulty eating it. <laughs> yeah, people are trying to scoop it up. It's like, no, you're supposed to suck it. <laughs> um, I, I think I may have cut you off there, uh, but what was the double down again from KFC? That was the one where there was no bread. Like the chicken was the bread. So was it was it like a a a, a chicken triumvirate of there was so there's like two chicken two chicken slabs and then there was like I think cheese and bacon in the middle but no bread and you grabbed onto the chicken slabs and ate it like a sandwich. Oh. And I guess double down, you know, just implies like you know you're really gambling with your health if you want to eat this, you know, kind of like. See- if they really wanted to to make something really bad, what they should have done was take the because I, I I thought I, I thought I knew where you're going with where the chicken was the bun. I thought it was chicken chicken chicken, right? Two pieces of chicken that represent what would be the bun. Yeah. Then you'd have some type of chicken layer in the middle, maybe the a, a, the deep fried chicken sandwich, breaded deep fried piece, I or think- was the or was the double down deep fried as well? Was it just the, yeah? It was oh yeah, yeah. The double down was deep fried, but and I think I think that they did do because I think they I don't know if it was called the triple down, but I know for sure they 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 went bigger on the double down. Like I think they did something with like it, you still have the you still have the chicken patties as the replacement for the bread, and then I think there might have been even more chicken inside like i think they 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 took it they took it to the next level soon you'll think they'll just serve you a whole chicken right oh my god mind-blowing they'll just they'll just they'll just just come right around and become like a rotisserie place exactly (laughs) but but they'll but they'll make it so (laughs) mind-blowing that you know who does this sell you a whole chicken yeah that's right. Who knew the chicken only had two breasts and two two wings? <laughs> and then you stuff it with fries. Oh, oh man. <laughs> or oh. do you stuff it with or do you stuff it with the green coleslaw, the toxic green coleslaw that KFC? Your, has? your choice. Your, I, cho- I, I, your choice I, is I, the KFC I, consumer, I would say. I, I, I think I think that's that's that screams America, right? Where you when KFC comes out with the whole revolutionary thing of selling a whole chicken and you stuff it with whatever sides you want. Maybe you get two. Yeah. There's probably room enough in the cavity for two. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Col coleslaw and macaroni salad. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Welcome okay. to flavor country. <laughs> KFC has do we have in Canada, because I haven't been to KFC in so long, do we have those KFC bowls? Like, they do those bowls. Patton Oswalt did a whole sort of comedy routine about them, and apparently they're really popular in the States, and they just basically take all all the shit and put it in one bowl and just, like, give it to you. So it's just like, it's like, it's like almost like a garbage plate. Have you ever been to upstate New York and had a garbage plate? <laughs> no oh it's just like it's just like a bunch of crap just just given to you on a on a, on a plate like there will be like a sausage and like some mashed potatoes or something i can't remember but and, and they'll squirt some sauce on it it's just basically like you know one one day uh sort of at the and you get them at the ballpark so one day at the ballpark they just had all this extra crap and they put it all in one plate and then somebody said oh that tastes good and so then they started serving it and people started 
started paying money for it. And I think this is that's the same sort of thing that the KFC balls is. Yeah, I, I don't think they... It does ring a bell, but I was just looking at their KFC menu. They have these things called big box meals, but they just look like combos of stuff. It doesn't look like it's the the poke bowl equivalent. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, what, that's what this is. This is like the poke bowl. <laughs> or... He was calling it like Pat Nuzzle was was calling it like a uh, a a a flavor a flavor lump in a sadness pile or something like that. Like, <laughs> oh, that's that sounds sad. Something something that no one one person should not be eating alone by themselves. <laughs> it, but it could be the perfect uh, uh, COVID meal, right? Something to talk about comfort food on top of comfort food and then feel better of your about your life after i don't know it's true it's true i mean like it's it's one thing like that that the states does quite well is just like yeah this just basically like give you a whole bunch of crap in one sort of thing and 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 then it's your comfort food like when i was in an airport in in minneapolis you know those remember the the peach pizza chain sparrow i don't know if they still mm-hmm. it's like a food court pizza chain but they had one at the minneapolis airport and i've never seen this in any other country except the united states where you g- could get a pizza slice stuffed inside another pizza slice i so so it's like an in, uh, inception yeah, <laughs> of pizza it's, it is that's exactly what it is it's an inception of pizza <laughs> And when I so went pizza there, within the pizza, I, I, I actually tried to order one, and they were sold out of that of that style. But the picture of it, it just looked it looked it looked freakish. So that that's 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 your your original instinct about you know daring you to eat certain things. I was still say, into that. I was still into that at that point in time. I was still into the into the challenges. Now that I'm pushing fifty, I can't do that that kind of thing anymore. No, like I said, now 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 you're trying out uh, vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> give me give me whatever. Yeah, and and maybe like maybe like seltzer flavored seltzer. Okay, why don't we uh, why don't we move on to more America? And this is the now we we it's been out for a while, but we had a break and we had our Star Wars episode previously. Uh, to talk about the final episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Or is Captain America and the Winter Soldier? <laughs> That's right. Um, I really like the series uh, itself. I don't know if the final episode did it for me, because I think you and I both knew this would co- was coming up, that the fact that there was a lot of stuff going on, and mm-hmm. we realized, oh, they only have one more episode? to go and wow that's a lot to tidy up and i don't know if they did a great great job yeah um maybe maybe they did a good job kind of setting up for maybe a season two or other stuff but there was just way too much stuff going on it felt like a star wars episode well there was gonna um, be yeah i mean i know that they're gonna do a captain america movie with with um uh sam sam wilson as as captain america um so that's coming up um yeah so they did they did an okay job like establishing that care that character as as like going forward this is captain america you know Mm -hmm. um i i didn't (laughs) 
there's a lot of stuff that kind of made me laugh that took me out of the episode. Like there's that one time, that one time where he, he gives a speech and it's a really like, it's a good speech. If he was giving a speech, like if it was a situation where, where you would give a prepared speech, but it's sort of in the heat of the moment and he just stops and he gives like this five minute speech that looks like, looked like he was something you would read off of like cue cards or, or a teleprompter. And I was just like, that's just like taking me right out of the, right out of the moment. You're, you're referring to the speech at the at the end of the final conflict. Yeah. Yeah. So it's before because there was quite a bit of denouement in that in this episode, too, which is which mm-hmm. is fine. But like um, so but but to your point, by when you're saying that it was packed with a lot of stuff and that and, and most of that stuff happens like within within a fairly short time frame in within the episode itself because they have like a fairly lengthy sort of cool down from from the action so not only is it a lot of stuff for an episode but then it's taking place in an even smaller time frame and mm-hmm. and it was kind of chaotic in in it just wasn't it was just kind oh, of, it wasn't paced late no you're 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 totally right and i i i i was gonna write it all down but i probably know it all off the top of my head and it's scary how many things like you're right it all happens within that first what 20 minutes of the episode yeah something like that yeah okay so they resolve the flag smasher uh story arc he gets the suit from wakanda john walker redeems himself and he realizes that vengeance is not the way to go. We find out that uh, Sharon is indeed the power broker. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, I, I can't believe I'm actually rambling these all off. But uh, I I think that those were like the key arcs that all happened all at once. Like it was, it was just insane why they thought they could pull this off and and not kind of either stagger them or just say yeah let's do two more episodes i think so and and like like let's let's take one of those things and look at it like the john walker um the john the john walker uh sort of uh arc how and how it ends and it's kind of disappointing because he's you see him uh, as like an extra credits scene after the the penultimate episode where we were talking about last time where he's fashioning that that shield or whatever and you know you're like well what's gonna you know he seems he still seems to be in a very bad place Mm -hmm. and then with almost no real rationale he yeah he sort of he redeems himself to the you know in in as much that he he helps you know uh sam and uh bucky you know sort of i can't remember you think he helps them doesn't he help them rescue like some of the hostages and all that kind of stuff and uh john's main intention about showing up was to uh seek revenge for uh battlestar yeah that's that's all he's there for and what happens is there's the bus full of delegates. Yeah. That's kind of falling off the bridge. Um, 
Bucky is too busy fighting. Um, jeez, oh, I forgot her name now because of all the, all the confusion. Carly. Carly. So he's too busy fighting her, and he makes the decision to either. Uh, John makes the decision to either attack. Uh, what was her name again? Carly. <laughs> Carly, or save the bus full of people. So he saves the bus full of people. Yeah, but there was no real. There was no real reason why he did that. Like, like, the, the, like he he just was like, he he was like hell hell bent on leather and fighting uh fighting Carly. Yells her yep. name when he shows up. And then, and, 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 you know, he, he had been being portrayed as like sort of losing it, right? Really mm-hmm. losing it. And then for no reason, he doesn't really know any of these delegates or, you know, there was no, I didn't get a personal connection of wildness. And he thought, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm going to pause my, you know, my, my, my singular sort of quest for revenge and I'm going to help these out. And, and then, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a good guy and all is, all is forgiven. Like it's just, and I think this was a result of there being too much stuff. Yeah. And now I I can't remember um, whether it triggered his vengeance or maybe it triggered his uh, reason to do the right thing, but doesn't he, Okay, oh, we have to remind everybody that he shows up with his uh, forged by fire, do it yourself, <laughs> Captain America shield that he makes in his uh, garage. Yeah, but he, I think he puts one of his Medal of Honors on the inside of his shield. So I can't remember the scene because it's been a few weeks. Does he? He there is a scene where the camera zooms in on it as if he's looking at it. And whether or not the metal triggers him to either help the people, or does it trigger him to attack Carly? <laughs> but there was a there was a scene there that looked very intentional. That you know, hey, look at this. You know, everybody, right. focus your attention on this. Um, but you're right. But it's again, it's the same thing. It, it it suffered a bit because there's just way too much, way yeah. way too much. And then the Sharon thing was just okay. I'm the power broker. Yeah. And you know too much, Batrock. Boom. Yeah. The rest of the episode, so what, the second half of the episode just is just this one long epilogue. Yeah. Um Which was my favorite part of the episode because it because like, you know, I was at that point, like I was like, man, that was just not the best sort of, you know, wrap up. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. And then and then I was like, all right, now seeing, you know, the way, you know, the the sort of like uh, epilogue and stuff. So sort of like the back to the Shire moments that they had. And I was like, yeah, I could get behind these characters. I can see more of these characters. But I like them more. I like them more in that in that sort of scenario than I did in the, in the sort of uh, the battle scenario earlier in the episode. And and I I don't know if it was done intentionally that way uh, now i don't think they could have cut it in any other way unless they had a different type of conversation um the whole him going back to talk to elijah elijah um like i liked all that and then yeah. they take him to the smithsonian yeah. and they have like suddenly there's a wing of his stuff yeah or a, a, a wing that honoring him yeah um, I thought that was I thought that was great. Uh, it's too bad that that couldn't happen kind of before the battle and the 
all the fighty stuff was out at the beginning. But just like Carly's character in this, um, that same actress, I, I her her story arc in Solo is quite similar, right? <laughs> she doesn't die in Solo, but um, yeah, I would say I she's would... got this cause and she she fights to the death for it, or she's willing to die for it. But it just yeah. kind of fizzle. Her she fizzles away. Yeah, I guess like she's maybe a bit more altruistic in solo i guess like uh you know in 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 uh in in falcon and winter soldier she's she's willing to pay a very very high price right um which i don't know if the solo character is quite that ruthless but uh but yeah i mean yeah quite quite similar in that they're uh you know they're they're, they're essentially sort of i don't know if you call them freedom fighters or but yeah yeah, they have a cause and they're fighting for their, they're fighting, they're fighting a, uh, a, 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 you know, they're fighting a uh, campaign for their cause sort of thing. Mm. Um, so it also ends, I don't know, I, get, I guess you're supposed to be happy for Bucky, but it didn't feel like a happy scene where Bucky finally comes to grips and admits to his Japanese lunch buddy. Yeah, that that he killed his son. Yeah, it didn't feel. Uh, yeah, but but I mean, it lets him. I guess I guess you know he was able to complete the book. Once he was able to like complete the book or complete that list, you know, complete that list of all the, of all the people people he had to he had to atone to. So yeah, I mean, I imagine it was probably hard, and you know, he sort of looks wistfully into the restaurant at the end and you know, probably wishes there was par- probably part of him wishes that he could have just like kept up the lie and, and then also just kind of maintain that friendship sort of thing. But, mm-hmm. but, at the, but at the same time, he's, he's now free. He's kind of free of that, free of that past, which is, you know, obviously he, he, he is one of those Marvel characters who, where, where his past is massive baggage. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess, I guess, you know, next time we, we see him with where they develop this character they can kind of move on from that because that's yep. basically been the albatross uh that he's had to deal with for you know ever since ever since the second captain america movie and i think if they and and they did not to say they didn't but i think if the final episode focused more on how both falcon and winter soldier made their transitions in the series um if that became like the primary focus, I think it would have been a lot more interesting. Yeah. Because like you said, it, they, they both characters go through this huge transformation. Right. Um, and you also, you know, again, whether they intentionally did it or not, this was also the first time you see Bucky, uh, not as heavily armed as he normally is. Right. Like yeah. usually he's got some crazy rifle with him. He's always got a gun. Like here it's they, they seem to limit his gun use. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's um, he's la- yeah, he's less of a less of a soldier and more of a hero, maybe. I don't know if that's what they're going for. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that's a good way of putting it too, right? Yeah. Um uh and of course the the Captain America suit that the Wakandas make for him. Um it's neat enough, but uh, 
he just shows up and he knows how to use it really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of neat how they incorporate you know the shield and um, to to the to the to the wings and um, it's uh, it'll it'll be good and it, it was very true to the the comic book uh, image from what I what I remember. Yes, and and I think I think a lot of I like a lot I think a lot of fans probably went bananas when you got your first good glimpse of the suit which they didn't tease at all like um it, it you saw it within what the first minute or two into the episode yep so those, those let's just cut to the chase yeah yeah they, they just cut to the chase but i think i think like yeah I, th- I think i think definitely that episode could have used more room to breathe and maybe it should have been maybe it should have been one more episode and then you have that episode being the sort of climactic fight give it more more room you know maybe maybe give maybe put john walker into a bigger dilemma which causes him to to make his his turn or whatever mm-hmm. and then have like a full episode of decompress see where the characters are at at the end set up what's coming next and that kind of stuff and then i yeah. think i think it would have been much more effective i think so i i forgot one more uh arc that was in there that was part of the that was part of the mess just because it was so messy i i totally forgot about it is uh is zemo right mm-hmm. so zemo is on the raft uh the floating prison that you see in uh civil war is it for some you see it in civil war right yeah, uh that's is. where uh i think that's where ant-man uh, uh sam is in there who else was in that jail with, the, with those guys? Was it Hawkeye? Okay, yeah. so uh, so he's there reading, and he's he, he's given one last little smirky look as his butler, I guess, detonates a truck with the remaining soldiers in it. Yeah. So mission accomplished on his end, but I, I totally forgot that his he was part of that ending as well. It's just like, oh my god, you know, it's it's. It's great that he got more screen time because his that character was really good how they used him in in this in in the series. But mm-hmm. man, this is a lot to pack in. <laughs> yeah, I think I think like I don't, it's it's really kind of hard to strike a balance with these. Like I, I think you'll remember like those Marvel uh, movies that were or Marvel uh, series that were on Netflix were often accused of being too long because I think they were thirteen episodes. Mm. And they're like, you're not filling these 13 episodes, you know, effectively. You could cut it down to 10. Maybe 10 is the magic number because this one felt like you need a couple more episodes. You're, you're squishing everything. Yeah. You're compressing well, everything too much. It, it was. It, it had a hard act to follow because of how focused WandaVision was. Yes. To come off from that to this, this, this seemed a bit messy. I was getting a little worried about it about halfway through the series. And then when I got really worried when you and I both reminded each other, Oh, this is only six episodes. I'm like, Oh my, yeah. like, how are they going to wrap this up? Yeah. <laughs> um, or maybe, maybe they shouldn't have wrapped everything up. You know what I mean? Like why not do the redemption of John Walker in another series, maybe season two. Totally. That totally. In fact, in fact, that's what, that's the, that's what I thought might happen is that he might yeah. become the primary antagonist for another season. Yep. Um, uh, or, or they let Carly escape and 
you know, other things that happen, you, you know, pick, pick your battles, but, um, but, uh, that's how it ended. Um, it, you know, it was enjoyable, but I, 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 I would easily go back and watch WandaVision. I don't know if I'd go back and rewatch this one. Maybe the, maybe for the episode where maybe the, was it the second episode where they, they talked to Bucky's, uh, um, oh, the therapist, therapist? together. That was that yeah. was maybe my favorite scene in the whole in the whole thing. That was just that was just really really well uh, really well done. I uh, think that's where yeah. you really see the chemistry. Yeah. Like so. I had no problem. Like I mean, the, there was a lot. Yeah, there was a lot I liked in the series, and a lot of it was I thought that they were good together. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Sam and Bucky were good together. They made a believable team. And uh, and there's some of their quieter moments where were were some of the best the best moments, and uh, then like you say, I think that the weakness was putting too much in. You're throwing, you've got Wakanda in there, you've got like <laughs> just a little bit of everything. Like yeah, you know, and, and... I'm surprised. I'm 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 surprised that Blade didn't show up at some point. Like oh, I was just I was just like oh, okay, is someone gonna show? Yeah, you're right. I was is someone gonna show up at the end? Um. The Sharon thing also, I would have probably more, I probably would have enjoyed if she just went back to um, uh, the, the South Pacific. Oh, the Madripoor? Uh, yeah, as as people, as the audience watching, oh my God, she's the power broker. Yeah. Rather than go through her hearing and then she, you know, she's not even like how good of a power broker is she if she's like not even like feet feet away from the building she's in and already talking about, oh, I'm going to have access to government secrets and queue up the buyers and like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 discretion is not her strong suit. <laughs> and which you would think would be to be to reach the person of that, of that level. But I, I thought I find it needed but you don't have to do it all in one show, which is you want to start expanding and setting up other things for the characters. I get that. And it's needed. I'm not, I'm not disputing that, but this one just does way too much. Why not just set up captain America and the new winter soldier? Great. But now we've set up those two John Walker as us agent. Mm-hmm. Sharon as the power broker inside <laughs> the government. Um, and of course, let's not forget Val. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, Madam Hydra. And, exactly. And it's just like, Oh, like I, I get it. You want to set this all up, but again, focus WandaVision. What did it set up? Eh, vision. There's the new visions out wandering somewhere. Yeah. Wanda's doing her thing. I don't really count the Monica Rambo because it it was like a throwaway line. Hey, a friend of ours is waiting for you. Yeah. Right. No, I, <laughs> yeah, I think I think basically that one that one set up Scarlet Witch as like a as a, as like a massive uh you know, uh a massive force in the Yeah, so it becomes a pillar of, yeah. of the MCU, right? Yeah. Um but okay, it's all right. It's uh, it's it's over and done with. 
Um, <laughs> the next, <laughs> I, I'm throwing it out the window at this point, Curtis. I'm like, uh, that, that, I, I'm done that, with that you. Should now. Be, that should be like on the on the poster for the for the TV show. It's over and done with. Larry Wu, existentialist <laughs> cucumber. Exactly. Um, the they apparently they did up up the uh, the premiere because I guess they realized the gap that existed. So Loki and the Loki show is going to start uh, not too too long. I guess we only have like maybe two three weeks. Yeah. Um, and that's looking very good. And I I can see that being very obviously just Tom Middleston, right? Tom, 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 Tom. Yeah. It's good to see Owen Wilson get a Marvel paycheck, yeah. whether or not the Mobius character shows up anywhere else. But I think it's going to be pretty heavy, Tom. Yeah, which is great. Like, it's such a uh, uh, is it fair to say a beloved character? <laughs> he's kind of a unscrupulous victim. I, oh, I guess he's I a fan so. favorite. I a fan favorite. Right? I think so. Yeah. So and 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 I I like because of where they are, they can do whatever they want. They can be as wacky and out there. Yeah. Which, um, which they proved in WandaVision they can do. And you, yeah, totally. You're, you're right. You know, um, so get ready for that giant space adventure, mind bending, but also just the way from the, what the trailer kind of um, portrays, like the, the bureaucracy within the, 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 <laughs> The, the time lords or what what do they what do they call them the timekeepers yeah you know the fact that he's here sign this this is everything you ever said <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I it's know. like this dot matrix and it's this dot matrix printer <laughs> i know i know it's just it's like the worst office that you ever that you ever worked in like as an entry level like like an entry level clerk or something like that and and, and this is supposed to be like uh the existence of time <laughs> right? like, and, and it's like this bureaucratic low technology well what we've seen is low technology um office building yeah why not yeah i love that idea yeah no so uh looking forward to that one um and uh it won't be out because i think loki will be out first um and then the constantly delayed uh black widow movie but i understand why they want to release it in the theaters right they want people to, they don't want people to to buy it in uh on, on and watch Disney it on Plus. at home yeah yeah i you know I'm, I'm sure people will still pay the 30 bucks and you and i talked about it right yeah uh going out to the theaters is a 30 dollar plus ordeal anyways yeah yeah, I'd, I'd, but I, I, I would, I'd pay, I'd pay this. Like, if it was available on Disney Plus tomorrow for thirty bucks, I would, I would pay it. I'd, I'd I, I think seeing so. it. Yeah. Uh, but it could be Disney Marvel also trying to help the movie, mm-hmm. like the Cineplexes of the world, because they need this. Yeah, well, they had that trailer that, that set up the uh, the fourth, the phase four, and it was basically a love letter to the movie theater. That's right. And then they got into some like the stuff that's coming up. That's right. And then they had that, uh, what made it look like bootleg video of um, the end of Endgame uh, when Sam comes through the Doctor Strange portal and the the audience is freaking out, right? And trying to cap recapture that or remind people about that. Um, I don't know. I to me, the movie theater is like the last place 
<laughs> I think I'd want to go. I'd have <laughs> I'd have to be fully vaccinated and make sure that no one else, everyone else in there would be vaccinated. I don't know. I yeah. I, I don't know if I'd want to go back to a theater this close. Yeah. And then and if I'm, I'm buying snacks, it's gonna be like junior mints in the box. I'm not gonna get the popcorn from the big shovel thing. Some unvaccinated teenager getting out in there. Forget that. Yes. Uh, but, but this is gonna come out of my paycheck. If I had a girlfriend, she'd kill me. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do remember that trailer you mentioned. Um, I really enjoyed it. You know, it it hit the feels right. Like, it did hit it, the it, feels. as 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 it as it did. Yeah. Um, because it was also narrated by Stan, right? Or they they had Stan voiceovers. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, and obviously the states. Are probably gonna they're 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 way ahead of us in the vaccine game, so I I can see that opening up uh, quite quickly. I July here, oh that's gonna be tight. That seems for even like, the bravest people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems that seems like a bit of an ask, but uh, you know, I do hope that I'll be able to see it. You know. If we can't go to theaters to see it, and they, and they and that's what they do is they open it up in July, July fourth or whatever. And I'm hoping mm. that uh, you know I won't have to wait too long to see it. Right, right. I'm, I'm I don't know. I'm thinking more September might for here be more realistic about going into a movie theater and feeling, you know, safe enough. I'll be. I mean, I already only go to VIP. <laughs> these days so i'll be continuing that for sure look at you ball till you fall son and then there's nothing like being able to kick back with a glass of chardonnay and 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 uh and like some uh some 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 surf and turf and Jeez, you, you, you are balling when you go to see a movie these days. I'm like, I might as I, I do it so infrequently. It's like I might as well just go all out. That, that's that, that's if if we all could live like that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, why don't we just end it off there, Curtis? Thank you so much. Uh, you can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, and on Apple Podcasts, remember to leave a little rating, little comments. Would be great. Uh, but please uh, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss us uh, every week. So uh, for Curtis and I, thank you so much for listening. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. From home.